And now, coming to you from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting throughout the multiverse, the Nine Realms, Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, Nidaveller, basically anywhere that has the internet, really, we proudly present Radio 3 Asgard. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 246. We're the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin and a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. Welcome to allergy season, folks. Yeah, it's cooled down a bit here in Chicago, but boy, are the allergies now coming on. My fall allergies, so I sound a bit nasally. Well, you know why. I think I did a little bit last week, too, but this week. Uh, Yeah, it's been pretty bad all week. Before we get started, just a couple of shout outs here. We have two new followers on Podbean. We have Carl Kreml and we also have Slimy Entrails and they are following us new on Podbean and we do have a new Facebook listener as well. So a very warm welcome along to Derek Crabb. Now Derek has his own show called the Fan Holes Podcast so you should go check that out. And something else that I think is worth noting, this past weekend saw a very happy 90th birthday to Mr. Joe Sinnott. And uh, yeah, I, I have the privilege of being on Mr. Sinnott's friends uh, on Facebook. And you know, it looks like they had a, a big family party. There were other comics professionals there. And of course, lots of family members. And it looked like they had a great time. And uh, for 90, Joe's looking pretty good. So, you know, uh, many more happy returns to uh, Joe Sinnott on the occasion of his 90th birthday. All right. So with that, it is time to move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You'll behold in breathless wonder, the God of thunder, mighty Thor. Indeed, and this week we are looking at Thor, Son of Asgard, number nine. Cover price was... $2.99 for $25 in Canada. Cover date, December 2004. Cover art is by Joe Chen. Shows Thor, Sif, and Amora, the Enchantress, in a weird kind of pink, red, glowing, orange light. And it's a, it's a gorgeous cover, just like all of these covers have been. And I, I think I'm liking Joe Chen's stuff even more than the, than the prior artist. Who, who do, who's Adi Granov? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> no, marvelous cover here. Uh, shows Thor standing uh, in front and center. He's got a sword uh, held in both hands. And uh, we have Sif on, uh, on his left-hand side holding a sword up in a defensive posture. And we have the Enchantress standing to his right uh, with some sort of a glowing energy ball held close to her, her bosoms. And yeah, they're kind of playing up the butts and the boobs a little bit. But yeah, you know, it's a 
<laughs> I would say it's a it's a 2000s Marvel comic, so I guess you'd expect that. But beautiful cover here by Joe Chen. We open up to the splash page where we have the credits. Akira Yoshida was the writer. Greg Tochidi is the penciler. Guru EFX was the colorist. VCs Randy Gentili is the letterer. Joe Chen did the cover, as we mentioned. Mackenzie Cadenhead was the editor. Ralph Macchio, the consulting editor. Joe Casada was the editor-in-chief. And Dan Buckley was the publisher. Welcome to a tale of Asgard. As warriors trained to defend Asgard from any threat, Thor and Sif have fought dragons, battled goblins, and slain trolls. Now they are forced to confront something for which neither is prepared, their feelings for one another. After defeating Sif at school in sword combat, Thor tries to console her, believing she is upset about the loss. Compassion soon turns to passion, however, and just as the teens are about to kiss, they are interrupted by the young enchantress Amora, who seeks to win Thor's affections for herself. To make matters worse, a new female student has joined Sif and Thor's class, a blonde bombshell named Brunhilda, whose presence only helps fuel the fire of Sif's jealousy. Desperate to gain the advantage once more, Sif places her feelings for Thor above her hatred of Loki when she agrees to help him steal the Mirror of Mycha from Odin's chambers. It is rumored that the enchanted mirror can cause any who look upon it to fall in love with the bearer. However, before Sif can use this magic on Thor, she is frozen in place by Amora, who along with Loki had planned to betray her all along. Amora steals the mirror and Sif is forced to watch as her true love shares his first kiss with Amora. Enchanted Part 3. And we pick up immediately where we left off last episode where we have Thor and Amora kissing in the courtyard. Amora has the uh, mirror of Mycha in one of her hands and you can tell it's a French kiss, folks, because, yeah, lots of tongue action going on here. And there's no dialogue on the first page, but everybody's watching. We have Brunhild standing watching. We have Sif frozen laying on the ground watching. And we have Loki leering from the doorway. And because Loki is Loki, he decides he's going to taunt Sif a little bit. And he comes up uh, to her as she's laying on the ground frozen. Tisk tisk tisk! What an unexpected turn of events. Who could have known Amora would be lying in wait for you, Sif? Who could have guessed she knew about the mirror of Mycha? Who could have wanted to see your heart broken like this? And uh, you can see that Sif is crying and Loki wipes away her tear uh, rather uh, rather callously. And uh, he grabs Sif, uh, who's stiff like a statue, and she he rests her up on her feet. And he says, Ah, yes, now I remember. That would be me. Despite my best efforts in the past, you've always seen through my plots and schemes, managed to turn the tables on me and come out unscathed. But not this time. Oh no, this time the damage has been done. I was finally able to find that, that chink in your armor, your foolish affection for Thor, and use it against you to hit you where it hurts most. But alas, I can't take all the credit. Amora played her part in this little ruse as well. Let me free you from that spell so you can properly thank her for all she's done. <laughs> and Loki casts a simultaneous uh, unfreezing spell and also a, a teleportation or disappearing spell. So Sif is able to move just as Loki teleports away. And we go back to where Thor and Amora are locking lips 
and we see the covering of the uh, the mirror that Tamora had kind of whipped off the uh, the mirror, and we get a, an ass shot here, and uh, she drops the covering on the ground, and it's showing uh, an image in the in the cloth. Obviously, it's an artistic license thing of uh, of Thor and Amora smooching, and they break their kiss, and then Thor sees Sif, but uh, apparently there's really nothing going on there. And Thor says, Amora, I've been a fool for keeping my feelings buried. Forgive me for not acting upon them sooner. Better late than never, Thor, says Amora. Sometimes a small spark is all that's needed to ignite the flames of love. And Amora's still hiding the mirror behind her so that Thor can't see it. And she disappears it in a uh, little poof of yellow magic. Now, as you finally come to your senses and realize where your true feelings lie, I suggest... We begin making up for lost time, my prince. I do believe. And she looks and she says, Oh, this is just purr. And the enchantress is slammed into by Sif, which apparently the impact has caused uh, the enchantress's hair to turn red. <laughs> so she looks a lot more like Lorelai here. Yeah, so Sif is obviously slammed into her. We got another cat fight kind of thing going on. And once again, we get an ass shot. I'm telling you folks, this is getting a little creepy here. And um, the two of them fall to the ground and they're doing their uh, chick wrestling thing. And Amora is trying to cast spells, but it's not really having any effect. Uh, Sif, of course, being a better fighter, manages to pin her down and uh, has got her in a wrestling hold and is holding her down. How could you, says Sif, and is getting ready to punch Amora. I may not be a warrior such as yourself, but now you know I'm just as skilled at opening wounds and inflicting pain. I'm going to savor every moment of your pain and suffering. Not until I taste yours, says Sif, and he's getting ready to to, uh, punch Amora right in the face. But she is stopped by Thor. Thor grabs her hand and pulls her away. And Sif is like, Thor? And Thor's like, leave her be, Sif. But Thor, Amora, she's done nothing wrong here. It's you who are at fault. First you attack Brunhilde, now Amora. What's gotten into you? Do you have any idea what she's done to Who's done what to whom here? Please think carefully before you answer, says Amora. And she's managed to stand up again and she's uh, got her arms around Thor's neck. I was not the catalyst for any of this. Your actions instigated the situation. Punishment for any wrongdoing would be surely be shared among all the guilty parties. And that would include you. Why don't you go cool off and think about that before you open your mouth again? And we get a reaction shot here from Sif. She's looking, looking kind of uh, perturbed. And then she gets kind of a little smile on her face. And she bows down and reaches her hand out and says, Very well. This round goes to you, Amora. And Amora looks taken aback a little bit by that. But, but she recovers and she um, you know, it kind of guides Thor away. And Sif goes stalking off. Thor turns to Amora and says, Just what was that all about? Nothing you'd understand, darling. Girl stuff. And the two of them kind of are going off on their merry way. But Brunhild is there in the background, and she thinks there's something up. She she's obviously uh, knows there's something going on here. We get another ass shot here of the Enchantress. Oh, we get a male ass shot too, though, so I guess that's okay. And uh, Brunhild uh, kind of sits down and starts thinking about it. 
And she finds the covering from the mirror on the ground and picks it up. And she says, now this is interesting. And we see in the background that Sif is going into the building or out of the building or something. She's going through a door. And uh, we next see Sif, and she's standing next to a, the fountain, a kind of reflecting fountain, looking at her reflection. And we see the figure of Brunhild come up behind her. And uh, Sif is like, come to gloat, Brunhilde. No, I've come to help, actually. And she holds out the, uh, the covering for the mirror. And it's not a bag, despite what the caption says, but <laughs> Sif says, The bag that held the mirror of Mycha. Where did you find this? I found it on the training grounds after Amora and Thor left. Your words now confirm my suspicions as to what transpired earlier. So Amora did use the mirror to win Thor's heart, but it's your role in the drama that puzzles me, Sif. And Sif looks up at her, and she decides to spill her beans here. I was planning on using the mirror of my John Thor. I was so jealous of you and Amora that I sought to use its power for my own selfish means so that no one else could have him. With Loki's aid, I stole the mirror, but he betrayed me, causing the mirror and Thor's love to fall into Amora's hands. Despite all my training, I allowed my emotions to get the better of me. I played right into their hands, and I'm now just as guilty as they are. Love is an emotion even the most experienced warriors are forced to yield to, Sif, says Brunhilde. It makes victims of us all. You may have walked away, but you did not admit defeat. You are still a warrior, and this battle is far from over, and we maidens must stick together. After how I've treated you, you'd still stand by my side? Equal blame for our original outburst lies on my shoulders, says Brunhilde. I was just as quick to provoke you as you were to lash out. First impressions often deserve second chances. Thank you, says Sif. So, what's our next move? To get away with this, says Sif, they'll have to return the mirror before Odin realizes it's missing, but they'll need its pouch to do so. And that gives us an advantage, says Brunhilde. So we find Amora and Loki and strike a bargain? Yes, so long as we have the chance for a little payback first. And we then shift scenes to Amora and Thor, and they're leaning up against a wall in a secluded part of the castle, probably making out as, as teenagers do. It's weird that Amora's hair seems to have changed more red. Yeah, okay, I mean, I guess it's okay, but, but her hair is not very consistent in its coloring, so that's just a little odd to me. And the, the two of them are talking here. Thor says, Forgive my enthusiasm, Amora, but as if a dam has been holding back my feelings for you, has suddenly burst. I tend to have that effect on men, Thor. Well, I hope I'm the only man for you now, for no other woman in Asgard means anything to me. Even Sif? And that gets a little bit of a reaction in, in Thor. It's like, like something against the magic here. And uh, he says, Sif? Why did you hesitate? Do you still feel something for that tramp? No, it's just, I'm not sure. She means nothing to you, Thor. Any feelings you had for Sif are part of your past, something to be swept under the rug and forgotten. You have eyes only for me now. I am your... And they're interrupted by a magical beckoning, I guess. There's, there's what words appearing on the wall behind Thor, and Amora sees them, and the words are, forget something? Come upstairs now. And uh, so Amora needs to excuse herself. I'll be back in a moment, my love. 
I expect you to spend the time thinking of nothing but me. And she goes disappearing off magically. And we shift scenes to the attic room where the mirror came from. And we have Amora and Loki here. And uh, they're, they're talking here. Oh, I would say it is very much your problem, Loki. We can't return this thing without its pouch. I told you I would obtain the mirror and activate it for you, Amora. Who said anything about returning it? I'm not the one who actually used it, so there's nothing that ties me to this crime. Why, you? And the voice comes. Your true color is shining through again, I see. Is there anyone you wouldn't stab in the back, Loki? Looking for this, and it's, of course, Sif and Brunhilda, and Sif has the, the bag and waving it over her head. Give us the pouch back, Sif. We'll return the mirror with no one the wiser. So quick to change your tune, are you, Loki? The pouch is yours, as long as you reverse the spell you cast on Thor. Never, says the Enchantress. Then I guess we do this the hard way, says Brunhilda. Shall we? says Loki. Oh, I'm going to enjoy this, says Amora. And so Loki and Amora start uh, shooting magical bolts and blasting things up, knocking things over. And we see that uh, Sif and uh, Brunhilde are, are evading all the spells. But lots of things going crashing down, which is bound to get somebody's attention, I'm thinking. And we get a full page here without any kind of dialogue or captions of the fight going on. You get Amora throwing over tables and knocking over furniture and Sif has to uh, dodge like a, a big falling desk thing and all the time she's holding on to this cover thing in her hand and uh, once, uh, has to jump and grab her sword and she ends up throwing a knife uh, over uh, over past Amora which uh, strikes the wall and knocks over like a like a tapestry and it's been hanging up on the on the wall down over Amora. Amora is trying to cast some kind of a, a offensive spell, but she gets covered by this big thing of cloth. In the meantime, Brunhilda is uh, squaring off against Loki. Loki is unable to hit her, and she's just dodging everything. Um, and uh, Loki all of a sudden notices uh, something big falling his way, <laughs> and he tries to uh, get out of the way, but he is bashed by this big metal cauldron sort of thing. That's uh, swinging down from the ceiling. So the, the fight is going on and everything's being knocked over. And all of a sudden we hear a voice, Enough! And it turns out to be Thor. He's standing in the door here. Do the women of Asgard have nothing better to do with their time? Sif's jealousy knows no bounds, Thor, says Amora. She attacked me yet again in a fit of rage. We must put a stop to this madwoman's antics before I'm killed. And we shall, says Thor. I have no choice but to bring this matter to my father's attention. And Brunhild, um, she's managed to get a hold of the mirror, and she's holding it here in, in front of everybody. We have Loki. He's kind of recovering from being beaten by that big cauldron thing, and the rest of them in the foreground. Just a moment, Thor, says Brunhilda. I don't think we need to involve Odin yet. I may be new to Asgard, but I've seen more drama in these past few days than I have in all my previous years. And it is from this drama that I think you all need a break. And she takes the mirror and she smashes it with it with a crash. And Sif is smiling and Thor is just kind of standing there. And Amora is like, no! And breaks the spell. And Thor is recovering. He's like, what? What happened? 
And Sif rushes over to him and says, Has the spell been broken? Thor, are you free of the love enchantment Amora placed you under? Placed using the mirror of Mycha, which you stole, hoping to use it on him for yourself, Sif. Mirror of Mycha? You sought to control my emotions through trickery and deceit? I would expect no less of you, Amora, says Thor, but to hear that you would lower yourself to her level, Sif, after, and after all that we've shared. Leave me be! And Thor goes storming off in a, uh, a teenage sulk. It looks from the, from the illustrations like Sif is shouting something after him, but there's no dialogue there. So this is a little bit what I talked about last time. And we have a change of scene. The caption says, it's a few days later... You got another Sif ass shot here. Uh, Sif sitting on the ground in front of a mirror, and she's you know, plating up her hair, obsessing about her hair, whatever. And uh, there's a knock on the door, and she's like, "Yes." And it turns out to be Frigga, and she says, "May I enter, dear Sif?" "Certainly, my lady." "To what do I owe the honor of your visit?" I was hoping for a moment of your time before you left for school. But of course. Come, let us sit. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, Sif is already sitting, but anyway, she, she sits somewhere else and the two of them are, are chatting. Odin assures me that you've all been able to put this entire business with the mirror of Mycha behind you. However, for all his omniscience, my husband was never very good at reading women's hearts. While all has been forgiven, I can sense you are still troubled by what happened between Thor and Amora. She used magic to seduce him and win his first kiss. Lady Frigga, there's no need for you to... Hush, my dear. Do not worry. I am not here to lecture you on love. I simply came to tell you that any kiss taken or given under the spell of magic is not really a kiss at all. In fact, once the spell is broken, all memories of the kiss are quickly forgotten. What you do with this information is completely up to you, Sif, but I'm sure Thor would like to have his memory refreshed for the first time. And uh, we then shift scenes to somewhat later, and we're, I don't know, we're in a different part of the of the courtyard, I guess. It still looks kind of like the same courtyard, but slightly different. We've got this sort of sunset thing going on. And now that I think about it, maybe that actually is where they almost kissed before. And um, and Thor's here, and he and he says, "An interesting choice of location for an apology, Sif." Thank you for coming, Thor. Given all the trouble I've caused, I've almost surprised you've chose to honor my request to meet. I still hold a grudge for how you toyed with me, Sif, and that will not soon be forgotten. But I do wish to start clearing the air between us. And the two of them are standing there, kind of, and Thor's kind of glaring at her, and and Sif uh, says. Um, and uh, Sif is kind of kind of closed up here with her uh, arms in front of her and is kind of looking into his eyes. And, he's, and she says, I'll make no excuses for my foolishness, so I don't expect your forgiveness to come easily. However, I want to begin by making my feelings for you perfectly clear so there can be no further doubt. And the two of them lean in and they share a gentle smooch it's a very chaste sort of smooch unlike the uh the major tongue action that the thor was getting earlier in the book and they collapse into each other's arms and the sif looks deliriously happy and we see this is either a sunrise or a sunset it's not really sure which i think it's sunset and there's birds flying around and everything seems to be happy i'm sorry thor i truly am 
I just don't know what I would ever do if I lost you. You, you mean more to me than you could ever know, Stiff. I'm not going anywhere without you. You have no idea how much hearing that means to me. Apology accepted, then. Let's just say you're off to a good start. To be honest, I never expected you to be so affectionate in your atonement, Sif. It's unlike you. Let's just say I took a good long look in the mirror and decided I needed to change a few things about myself. And the two go walking off hand in hand off the edge of the, uh, <laughs> off the edge of the terrace and crashing down into the valley below. But no, that doesn't happen. Next issue, Worthy, part one. Yeah, so uh, we do have a few things to say about the issue, and we'll get to that right after this message. I'm Captain Benjamin Sisko. Welcome to Deep Space Nine. Red alert. All crew members report to battle stations. Red alert. Shields up. What shields? You're Starfleet officers. Now start acting like it. Oh. It's just Garrett. Plain, simple, Garrett. Dax, we might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. The wormhole does bring them our way, doesn't it? Everyone wants a piece of the new frontier. This will surely become a leading center of commerce and of scientific exploration. Starfleet, one of our most important posts. Quite a motley crew you've assembled here, Benji. Listen to The Prophets, a Deep Space Nine podcast. And here are your hosts, Andrew Leyland and Paul Spataro. Bloody hell. Oh, I love a woman in uniform. Only on TwoTrueFreaks.com. And we're back. And of course, we do have a few things to say about this issue, though. Not a lot good. All right, I have to admit that I'm not a fan of this first story arc in Thor, Son of Asgard, in the second volume. It, it's just stupid. Um, it's so typical teen TV show garbage, 90120 or whatever. Uh, I mean, Saved by the Bell, for God's sakes. I mean, I, I have a feeling that they probably had a Magic Potion episode of that sitcom as well. I mean, it just is just kind of stupid. And... I think unworthy of the franchise. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying it because I don't like the story, and I, I think they could have done something a lot more interesting than this. Now, I happen to know that over the next few episodes, we're going to have something a little bit more interesting. The soap opera aspect of this was just silly, and I don't know who they were trying to appeal to here. The The story was obviously written for, you know, 10-year-old girls, and... I, I, there's not a lot of, of resonance here because, to be honest, the characters aren't portrayed realistically enough for me to actually give a shit. And that's part of my real problem with it. Now, on the other hand, we have some really nice art here. They're doing the cleavage and butt shots a little bit more than they did in the last story. And unfortunately, it's noticeable. And that's the thing that, that gets me a little bit. And, and when you consider that these are supposed to be young teens, it's just a little bit creepy. So unless they're going for the 13-year-old boy audience, which I don't think a 13-year-old boy would be particularly interested in this story, then they're going for the adult man audience, and that makes it even creepier. So yeah, so both uh, Amora and Sif, and, and to a lesser extent, Brunhilde, are, are very sexualized in, in this story, and the men much less so. But we, we do get a lot of ass shots and a lot of boob shots in the story. And it's just, 
like I said, it's a little bit disconcerting. I mean, if that's your thing, then then that's your thing. But I, I didn't care for this first three-issue story arc of this, and I, I'm hoping that, that they at least finish off this volume with something a little bit more interesting, as I, as I do think they will. But anyway, yeah, uh, by and large, the art is pretty good, uh, despite the gratuitous TNA. Uh, we've actually got some beautiful coloring going on here that they tended uh, in this issue to go more the earth tones, more the brown and the reds and the yellows. Uh, we do have the scene in the attic, which is all kind of cool green and gray and, and, and sort of um, a cooler sort of, of environment. This coloring of the Enchantress's hair, it doesn't bother me as much as all that, but it just seems weird that the, her hair seemed to get redder throughout the series. I suppose they kind of had to do that. Uh, because we actually have Thor, who's blonde and has long hair. We've got Brunhilde, who's blonde and has long hair. And so to have another character who has blonde, long hair, it, it could get a little bit confusing, especially in the, the shots that are not so obvious. But did they have to change her coloring in the middle of the issue? If you actually go back to uh, page uh, 8, 9, 10, her hair is pretty blonde, blonde. And then only in a few pages is it really red. So it seems to be a purposeful decision taken later. I get it if you're going to make her a strawberry blonde. It makes sense. You know, not every blonde person has exactly the same color hair. But it starts out being exactly the same color as Thor's hair. And then on suddenly on uh, page 8 where she gets tackled by Sif, it's red. I mean, it's like Lorelei red. And it's and uh, it goes back and forth a little bit, but it, it yeah you know, we have another three or four pages where her hair is is blonde blonde, and then after that for the rest of the issue, uh, all the stuff in the attic and all that she's got more of a uh, a reddish hair, so it's a it's an inconsistency that I noticed, and I guess it's really no big deal. It's a freaking comic, but. It, <laughs> Yeah, it's those things that kind of take me out of the story. It's like all this. Why is the enchantress's hair red all of a sudden? And, you know, and it had nothing to do with any of the magic. I mean, there's no way to make it make sense. You know, not able to no prize my way out of that. But um, anyway, yeah, I think the portrayal of Loki is probably the thing about I like the most about this issue. They they've made it pretty clear what kind of a character he is, and and the whole mischief thing is still mischievous. He hasn't really gotten like totally evil yet. And so I like that portrayal of Loki. And Thor, he really doesn't have a lot to do in this issue up till the very end. But um, I think they portray him realistically as a teenage boy, you know, reacting as, as a young teen would act. But again, it's, yeah, not really to my taste. And I'm hoping that, of course, that the series will improve uh, apace. All right, and with that, it is time to wrap up the show for this week. Once again, folks, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And as always, you can email the show. You just email radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Look for us over there, and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel Comics. The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. 
The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, the Invincible Sword of the Elfsmith, are copyright Mott's Vent and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard.